Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2Xers, Bill Kasky here. Another episode of the 2X Podcast. You know, I've had a lot of uh, comments over the last, I don't know, month or so about this podcast, and uh, most of them are complimentary, and the, the thing that I'm hearing is that you like going really deep into a subject, and that's what I'm trying to do here is take one, one topic and go deep into it and hopefully expand your thinking a little bit. You know, we always talk about 2Xing or doubling our results or maybe making a significant improvement in our results. And I think it takes a depth of study that a lot of people aren't willing to do. I think with the 140-character world that we live in, and I don't mean that literally, but figuratively, is that we don't go deep on much. I don't know whether we just don't appreciate the depth or whether we just assume we understand it and we want to jump to the hack. We want to jump to the lesson. Okay, tell me what to say. I get that a lot in the training. It's okay, okay, Bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do I say? What do I say when the customer says, your price is too high? Well, a, a lot of that depends on the context in which they say it, when they say it, what part of the sales process, how they say it, what's their tonality. A lot of the response that we need to create to customer reactions, be it uh, resistance or objections or stalls, comes from a deep study of human nature. It comes from a study of our process, of our value, of what our position is in the market. There's a great book that Al Reese and Jack Trout wrote, gosh, probably 30 years ago, called Positioning, The Battle for the Mind of the Customer. I'm not sure that was the subtitle, taking license there, but the title of the book was definitely called Positioning. And their point in that book was that we have to occupy a position that's significant and unique in the market significant. That's probably more my words than theirs, but definitely they said occupy a position that's unique. You can't be the low-cost producer. You can't say, well, my position is I'm the low-cost provider because anybody can say that. And chances are you are not the low-cost provider. And low-cost provider, what the heck does that mean anyway? But your position has to be one, I think, of some type of a problem resolver. And part of that problem resolver, and I use the word resolver rather than solver, is that It's not just about solving the problem. It's about finding the problem. It's about resolution of the issues that they have. And you can't know the issues they have unless you ask the questions and have at least a cursory curiosity. Are those Latin root words the same? Cursory and curiosity? I don't know. Anyway, you've got to have a little bit of curiosity to know what's going on inside the company. If you have no curiosity or are just about making the sale, you're probably going to lose more than you get. So this podcast is really designed to go a level or two deeper than you might normally go on a 
another podcast or any other kind of study. And I want to talk about a topic today that I think is a is a foundational element of 2xing your business. And that element is the big idea. When I start to work with somebody in the coaching, whether it's the 2X group or our private coaching and, and training business, it's always important to me to learn, well, what is the message that the company is sending to the market? What's the, the way you're positioning your message? And is it unique? And is it significant? I was at a company here about two weeks ago, and we ended up not working with them. We just agreed to disagree on lots of stuff, including the time involved and the money and all that. It was a, it was a, a, a we left uh, friends. But one of the things I asked them in the process was, what is, what is the big idea that you guys want to communicate to the world, to your, to your market, to your niche? And they literally, there's five people sitting around. These were CEO, CEO, CFO, VP of sales. And A, they all had a different big idea because I asked them to write it down. I didn't, I didn't want them to play off of each other. I asked them to write it down on a post-it note. And I was going to put it up because I really wanted to know that these guys even close to having the message down or is that step number one is to determine their message. Every one of them had a different one and not one of them was what I would call either significant or unique. Now, here's a company that is about a $30 million company that could be very easily a $60 million company. They were getting enough at-bats. Their closing percentage was terrible. It was less than 10% of new business quoted to new business closed. So I figured, well, it's not going to take too much time to get that thing to $60 million if they're getting the at-bats and their messaging is as lousy as it is. Because it was. It was terrible. They, they had no clue how to message. Now, luckily, they had a product that was that was new and exciting, and a lot of a lot of motion around it. And in a way, it was sort of a compliance product. I, I don't want to get into detail what it is because I might give it away. But the point is that they had tons of upside potential, and especially since they did not know their message. So I figured if we could figure out their message and arm the sales team with the proper message, and part of that message is the big idea. Uh, we could very easily get from 8% close rate to 16%, which would ultimately double their business. But we got hung up in some pricing issues and some other issues. As I said, we're not going to work with them. The thing that came to me there, and it's come to me in a lot of different companies, is sometimes you're too close. You are much too close to your own business to figure out what your big idea is. Because you fall in love with your product. You fall in love with your service. You fall in love with all the features and benefits of it. You don't fall in love with how the big idea will impact your customer. And that's what I want to talk about today a little bit. I'll give you an example in my business. Is that I tell people when I first meet with them, I say, look, my my whole system of selling and the philosophy of training that we come in and work with your team on is based on a very simple but big premise. And that is that by changing how you think about yourself, your value, your company, and your customer, and by changing how you act you can dramatically change your results. But if you only look to change how you act, in other words, make more calls, close harder, push more, put more pressure on the prospect, do more promotions, you will only marginally increase the results. So that's my big idea. Now, there's a lot more to it than that, which I don't want to get into here, but when I'm with a potential client, I will 
I will go through what that means because there's a depth of study of that. But that's a big idea that how you how you think, if you change how you think and, and tweak how you act, you can significantly alter your results. I'm not making any promise there. I'm not I'm not saying I can increase your business by tenfold. But the big idea there is that I have I have a philosophy and a principle that I can hang my hat on when I go in to talk to people. Here's another example. Uh, actually, I don't have this example. This is an example of a technology company that I work with. And they do lots of technology consulting, IT consulting. And they really struggled with the big idea. And a- after a couple of hours, of, and this is a client, after a couple of hours of working with them, where they explain to me, and this is one of the tips here I think you need to take, is that sometimes it's through the art of explaining things that you can get to the big idea. I don't think we can just produce the big idea without a certain amount of process and iterativeness, iterativeness, uh, description, getting on the board, walking through things. I think, as I've said in some of my Facebook Live broadcast, sometimes you have to have a, a knowledgeable human being to pull it out of you too. It's not just something you go and start with a blank page, piece of paper and create. But their big idea rested somewhere in technology should be a profit center. Every dollar you invest in technology should either throw off a dollar twenty in savings or a dollar twenty in revenue and profit. And that's what it came down to with them is that the big idea isn't that our technology is better than everybody else's, that we get the job done quicker, that the implementation phase is easier, quicker, less painful, although that may be true. The big idea is what's the bottom line for the customer? What, are they go- what reward are they going to reap by investing with you? And if you can't figure that out, then I think you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And, and when we talk about 2Xing our business, I'm not a big fan of working harder to 2X the business. I think we already work hard, work hard enough. I mean, we work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. If we're not working in the business or on the business, we're thinking about it. And so I say, well, let's take the shortest path between two points here. Let's not go out and find new prospects. Let's get really, really good at defining our message, establishing the big idea, and let them decide if they want to be a part of that big idea or not. Once again, it's not a promise. It's not a claim. It's the idea of how you go about doing your business and the massive result or a new way to think about the result is what you're trying to communicate here. So the question you should be asking yourself is, okay, Bill, how do I do that? Well, let me give you three thoughts here. One is, I think you have to bucket these and categorize these a little bit. So I want category one to be, what's the big result? If they work with you, What's the big promise you can make? Not in, Again, not in terms of dollars and cents, although it may be in your business if you have evidence and data to back that up. But what's the big result? If they invest in you and in the relationship and they engage with you and they do everything you say and you're, you're the guide along this journey and, and they take your hand, metaphysically, of course, or, or metaphorically. Now, they could take it metaphysically, too. Uh, They take your hand and you walk them along and you guide them down this path. What's the result? So that's one way. And what I would suggest you do there is just start a bullet pointed list. What are some of the results that people get when they work with you? And extend it beyond the product. Like like, like if you have a 24-7 customer service line, then the result is not, well, you can get a hold of our customer service people anytime. That's not a result. That's a procedural thing. 
So I want this result to be either about making money for them, in other words, improving their revenue, or decreasing their costs. That has to be part of it. Second bucket is, what is your philosophy about that? And you can come up with two or three philosophical statements here. I don't think we embark enough on the philosophy of how we do business. Here's what we believe about business. Here's, here's not just what we do, but here's how we think about what we do. And I think if you can brainstorm on that a couple of things, two or three things. And the third thing is principle. There's probably some principles that you live by. For example, one principle might be you equate everything to dollars. Everything that they ask you to do, let's just say you're a technology company and you're in the middle of the project and all of a sudden they say, hey, we want to change course a little bit here. We want to add this or delete that. You have to monetize everything, denominate everything, get everything down to an economics. So if they say to you, um, we want to expand the offer here and we want you to come in and do some more work and let's say that new work's going to cost $25,000, that's awesome, that's fine. But you can't just say, hey, it's going to cost you twenty-five grand. you have got to find out, well, what's the economic value? If we do this, and you've, you've got some sense, Mr. Customer, of what this could mean to you economically, you've got to find out what is that economic value of this change. We know what the cost is going to be. It's going to be twenty-five grand. But what's the economic value of the change for you, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss Customer? So that's an example of a principle, that we live by this principle that for every dollar you invest, you should get a buck 20 back or a dollar 50. And that principle holds then that we need to know what the economic value of the change is. Now, you might have some other principles. That not, is not necessarily one, but that's just a, a values you live by. It's, it's beliefs you have that govern how you behave in the market. And I think if you brainstorm some of those things, you end up with three or four bullets underneath each one of those results, philosophy, and principle. You will start to define pretty well your message. And with that then comes a natural way to communicate it. So you could even say at the end of doing this work, and let's say you come up with a couple of philosophies that are really sound, you could say, look, we've got, we've got a philosophy and we'll go to work with somebody. Here, here's the essence of our philosophy. Number one, and bop, bop, number two, bop, bop, bop. And that will help them get to know you better and help them believe in you more rather than you just making random promises, which again, I know you probably don't make, but promises mean nothing. Not even we've done this before with a hundred other companies so we can do it for you. That doesn't mean anything because they don't, they're not like the other companies. In fact, I think that's, I wouldn't say that. I would even say we've done it for other companies. Now there's a lot more to it than just taking one template and moving it over to some other company, we wouldn't do that because every business is different, different culture, different personalities, et cetera. So I want you to work on that a little bit. It's a good way to start to 2X your mindset, your thinking, so that you can in turn 2X your business. If you have not signed up yet for our 2X Quick Start program as a precursor to the 2X group, a lot of 2X is flying around here, go to BillKasky.com, C-A-S-K-E-Y, sign up for our three free video series, It's called the 2X Quick Start. Helps you build a plan for doubling your business. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.